Today, we talk about how to create the best navigation structure for your website. This show is for everyone working at the coalface, digital, business, marketing, social. This is At The Coalface with your host, Jason Greenwood. Hello everybody, it's Jason Greenwood and this is episode 11 of At The Coalface. Uh, seriously pumped today. Uh, we're well and truly into the double digits now of at the coalface. Uh, you know, the feedback that, I, that I've been getting has been pretty good, been pretty positive. I think uh, people are enjoying sort of, uh, you know, getting that getting that behind the scenes look at, at digital, getting that behind the scenes look at some of the e-commerce pieces, uh, some of the business pieces, some of the marketing pieces. So hopefully you're finding this useful. Um, I, you know, I think, I think, for me, I'd love to see the audience growing faster, but I realize you have to have patience and it takes time to build an audience. And I, and I realize that some of these videos, um, you know, may not get viewed until, you know, two, three, four, five, six months down the track once the audience has had a chance to build a little bit of momentum and then they then they find they find me or they find someone who's recommended me or shared a video or shared through social, whatever the case may be. And then uh, and then once someone finds this content, if they find it useful, they, they watch one episode and then they go back and they historically maybe watch the rest of the episode. So, you know, I've got patience. Uh, I plan on having staying power. So, uh, you know, I plan on, on doing this for, for a long time to come. I don't know how long, but uh, I plan on doing it for, you know, I'd like to do hundreds of episodes of at the coal face I think it's a I think it's a voice that's really important uh, in our space I think it's a voice that's um, you know it's really important to I guess uh, they say a rising tide ro ro uh, floats all boats so I hope that some of my experiences, uh, some of my knowledge uh, is going to be beneficial to other people who are working in the digital space uh, and hopefully we can we can have uh, you know positive dialogue and hopefully we can get some sharing happening within the community so that uh, other people's experience starts aggregating around some of this content, uh, it starts a dialogue and a discussion whether it be in the comments, whether it be across some of my social channels uh, where I tend to share some of this content and tag some of the businesses uh, that I may talk about, etc. Etc. So um, that's kind of how I, I see it going. Uh, when I go to events, uh, it's my, it's my intention to sort of interview some of the some of the players that I know in the space, and hopefully get some of the inside skinny from them and share that with you as well. Uh, any of the books that I may happen to be reading at the time around sort of that digital e-commerce business transformation space, um, plan to share sort of what my thoughts are, what my opinions are, maybe um, from the from the content of those books and those publications. Um, so that, that's sort of what my goal is. Um, trying to if I bring any thing in around kind of the things that I'm doing at HealthPost. Um, you know, they say that, that content is king, but context is queen and everything else. So, so my goal is to try to give everything that I talk about a bit of context. So hopefully it's applicable for you as, either as a merchant or maybe somebody working in the agency space or the digital social space. Whatever the case may be, hopefully it's it, this content through a bit of context setting um, will be beneficial to you uh, regardless of where you sit on the spectrum uh, of the audience that tends to watch this type of content. So 
Uh, today, what I want to really talk about is um, is uh, how to build or how to design the best um, navigation structure for your website. Whether that you know that's it's also known as information architecture. That's another very common term when you're talking about uh, building the the navigation structure or the category structure of your website. And uh, I've had to assist many, many businesses with this process because sometimes, you know, oftentimes, especially with an e-commerce website, the navigation structure, the catalog structure in particular, tends to grow organically over time. As businesses add new categories of products to their website, um, new subcategories of products to their website, new ranges, new brands, etc., they tend to just organically grow over time. Now, that's great because obviously you need to be able to merchandise and showcase your new products, etc. But it doesn't often get a holistic look in, uh, in terms of a top-down look at the entire navigation structure and how it could possibly be structured to allow the search and find process of the site visitor to, to happen a lot more quickly with a lot less friction, with a lot fewer clicks, um, with a lot more cohesion, uh, and with basically a lot more logic and thought put behind that navigation structure. And the second thing that, that I see that, that is all too common is that the, the there's two approaches um, that that I, that I like to, in terms of, 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 of how we look at crafting an information architecture set up for a site or the navigation structure. Um, I, I like to, to think of it in two ways. Basically, you've got the traditional way, which is very much your su supermarket shopping. It's your supermarket aisle sort of navigation structure. We've got aisles of, of product in a supermarket with signs hanging down over that aisle that'll tell you what's in that aisle, um, you know, whether it be ethnic foods, whether it be, you know, um, uh, confectionery, whether it be um, baked, baking goods, whatever the case, case may be, um, supermarkets very much have that aisle structure with signs over the aisle and then you walk down the aisle and you see products on either side of you. So that, that's kind of how a lot of e-commerce sites approach their navigation structure. It's very much like a supermarket. Now, the, the second way in which you can craft, uh, and this isn't, doesn't have to be to the exclusion of the supermarket aisle modality, but certainly it can be either in addition to or it can be in place of that supermarket mentality. And, and the other one is, is known, I guess, uh, in, in the industry as guided navigation. And I know that that sounds kind of maybe a little bit tricky uh, or sounds maybe a little bit complex, but all it means is that what you're trying to do is create very much a a consultative process, a guided process through that navigation structure, similar to what you would find uh, in a in a, in a retail shop uh, where you might um, have a either a customer service person or a salesperson, more importantly, over the counter assisting you with that purchase. So, if we were to if we were to try to uh, give an example of how you might create a guided navigation structure, we have to get into the mind of a salesperson who would be working behind the counter and the kind of qualifying questions that they would start asking before they would present a range of products to the customer to consider to purchase. So if we, to, to, to give it a bit of context, let's say hypothetically we wanted to, to create a navigation structure for a jewelry store. And so what we were doing is we were thinking uh, about um, the, the in-store experience, the shopping experience, and the 
consultative guiding um, salesperson experience and what they would do if they were standing behind the counter. So they might go, when you walk through the door, they're not just going to pull a bunch of stuff uh, you know, from underneath the counter and plunk it on the counter and say, hey, you know, do you want to come look at these today? Um, they're going to ask you some qualifying questions. So they're going to they're say, hey, look, um, you know, have, you, have you ever been in here before? And they might say, then the person might say, no, actually, this is my first time or whatever the case may be. And then they're typically going to ask the next follow-up question is, are you after something for yourself or for someone else? Now, if, you, if you're a guy and you've walked into a jewelry store and you say, I'm shopping for myself, well, they immediately know uh, that they can leave out of the equation all the female-orientated products. So all of the women's watches, all the women's jewelry, all the women's rings, etc., etc. They can completely leave that out of the equation if you're shopping for yourself. Now, if you say, I'm actually shopping for someone else today for a birthday present, then they might go, well, are, they, are, are you shopping for a man or are you shopping for a lady? So then they'll, they'll qualify kind of the sex or the gender of the person that you're shopping for. So that once again, they need to start narrowing down their product range before they start presenting you products. And so, uh, you know, then the, then they might ask, you know, are you are you looking for, um, you know, what do you have an, any idea of what type of product that you're looking for? And you might say, I'm actually in the market for a watch. So that tells them, I don't need to show you necklaces. I don't need to show you rings. I don't need to show you bracelets. I don't need to show you any of those types of things. I'm going to show you watches today. And then let's say you you said you were shopping for yourself and you're shopping for watches. Then they might go, oh great, is is the is the watch? Um, are you going to be using that for business? Are you going to be using that for sport? Um, do you need something quite dressy? Do you need something quite casual? Uh, you know, the, you know, what occasion are you looking to wear this watch for? Um, and, and then they're going to start narrowing it down from there. And then once they've asked a whole bunch of qualifying questions like that, then then and only then will they typically know what they want to present. So they, you know, they, they might ask you, do you have a preference in terms of brand of watch? So we're going back to that that I guess jewelry store shopping experience, if you're the customer, um, you know, and that pre-qualification process of question and answer that a salesperson would provide. So that's the the guided navigation experience. And so if we were trying to copy that experience, we might put uh, a parent category called shop by. And then we might have underneath that, we might have, have gender. And so we might have men, women, and children. Uh, we might might do shop by color if we were a fashion brand. And we might we might do, um, you know, red, blue, black, green, um, whatever the, you know, whatever the range might be. If we were talking shoes, then we might say, you know, we might have uh, a shop by, uh, you know, um, uh, heel height if it was women's shoes, you know, low, medium, and high heel, or, uh, you know, toe type, and it might be uh, pointed square and peep toe or open-toed shoe. Um, you know, so whatever your product range is, think of the types of questions that a salesperson selling your product would typically ask if a customer, okay, let's say you had a retail shop, even if you don't, just imagine you did have a retail shop. So let's say you're, you're, you're selling camera equipment or memory cards or something something like that and someone comes in uh, into your retail store and let's say you let's say you sell all sorts of camera equipment and, and you might ask them hey you know are you looking for a camera today are you looking for accessories for a camera and they said no I'm looking for accessories for a camera you, you typically say well what type of camera do you have what model of camera do you have so that way you're starting to point them in the right direction um, you know so then you might you, you might have a shop by brand you might have a shop by camera type so DSLR point-and-shoot etc etc so 
So those are, that that is really the two types of navigation structure we're talking about here. We're talking very much about the, the the supermarket navigation structure, and we're talking about the guided navigation structure. Now, the the final piece uh, of this, or there's there's actually two major pieces left to discuss, and that really is uh, the 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 info pages, the CMS pages of your website, and what structure those need to take. And you know, no one can really tell you what that what that structure needs to be, but typically. Typically what you will do is you will you will have certain customer profiles or personas that you will have created to, to um, craft your shopping experience around so that you make sure that whatever these types of personas are and they should be representative of certain customer types that you're targeting. Um, you want to make sure that you would answer all of the questions that someone of that customer group or that customer profile or persona would have during their shopping experience. And that's typically typically based on their personality type, it's based on their age, it's based on their gender, it's based on a few key factors that that help you craft uh, you know, these, these imaginary customers, these imaginary personas of customer. So you start thinking about what types of, what types of information they're going to want as they're traversing your website before they make a purchase. So there's a whole lot more typically than just product information that they're going to want. They're going to know a little bit about your story. They're going to want to know about your history. They're going to want to know about site security. They're going to want to know about shipping. They're going to want to know. They're going to want to know what happens if I need to return a product. They're going to want to know, you know, what your RMA process is. They're going to know what your contact details are, whether you're a physical shop and you've got a physical address in case they have an issue or whether you're purely online. You know, there's a whole lot of information that typically a customer is going to want to give them confidence, particularly if they've never purchased with you before. You're going to want to give them confidence that they're doing business with a secure website and all those traditional pieces of information that you want. Um, you might have an FAQ section of your website for your frequently asked questions. You might have a knowledge base, um, which is really, um, you know, can either be a blog system that you may have that provides additional information, educational information around your product set uh, or your vertical. And so, you know, in terms of, of of what you put in to those information or those CMS or those content pages and what that structure looks like. You know, sometimes that information will need to be in the header, so, so and sometimes it will need to be in the footer. Sometimes you can even embed key areas or key sections that would be traditionally put into your primary catalog navigation. When I say catalog navigation, I'm talking your product and category navigation. So that's your catalog navigation. And sometimes you'll embed within that catalog navigation structure, you'll embed one or two key sections of your traditional info pages, which aren't, which aren't category or product pages, but you want to feature them in your primary navigation structure because they, they're so important that they need to be there. Um, sometimes a store locator may be there, um, but then also sometimes you might have an additional section of your header that has some of those info pages or info page categories broken out in it. Um, and, and nowadays, which is becoming a lot more common also, is a persistent header. So as you scroll down the page, having your primary navigation, having your header information with your um, typically your site search bar and some of those other key info pages linked to from your header, um, that will persist as you scroll down the page. So that won't disappear as it traditionally would. So um, sometimes persistent footer um, is also becoming a little bit more common. So instead of having to scroll right to the bottom of, a, of, of the home page or a category page um, or even an info page, um, you know, the footer will always be visible. Now, you, you can get a little bit caught out um, if you've got, if you've got um, 
uh, infinite scroll on your on your uh, category page, so on your category page with all your products. If you've got infinite scroll, infinite scroll set up, then depending on how many products are in that category, you may never you may never be able to access um, that footer because it keeps disappearing, pushed down the bottom of the page. So the way some sites deal with that is to create a persistent footer that's collapsed, and then you you have to click a button. Um, you you click click a button there for to expand that footer and, and see the whole thing. So there's a number of different approaches, but typically your info pages will be structured to sit in your footer and or that pre-header area above your primary navigation. But more often than not, your info pages will be structured to be, uh, you know, in columns um, and and with headers above them. They're not categories as such, but they're they're really columns with column headers in them. And typically, those column headers aren't clickable like your primary nav would be. And then you would put your your sub info pages underneath underneath that. So very common ones would be corporate information. So contact us, returns, that sort of information. Um, and sometimes returns um, and shipping and all that sort of stuff might be under a, a, a customer service column. Um, and then you've got, you, you sometimes will have a contact us column with, with your key contact details and perhaps your social links for your social platforms that you're present on. So really just give some thought to that as it relates to the personas that you should be creating for your website. So, so uh, from your primary navigation standpoint, once again, you have that kind of traditional supermarket model where you've got just, here's our categories of product and here's our subcategories of product and there's our products within them, um, which is a very generic sort of way to shop. But think about adding in, even if, even if as only one of your parent category names, you've got shop by, and then you've got subcategories underneath that, like I said, maybe color, and then sub-subcategories will be the colors underneath that, shop by, shop by gender, shop by whatever the case may be. Um, that you're trying to guide the customer down that shopping experience in ways that they would normally mentally shop if they were in a retail store. So, and you can combine those. You can combine that supermarket structure if you want to leave that in place and maybe add a shop by um, structure, um, which is the guided navigation piece. You can combine those together to, to join that experience together so that you meet every, every persona's needs. Uh, the final piece that that is uh, worth a bit of time and a bit of thought and a bit of energy, and there will be a little bit of overlap if you if you imp implement a, a shop by structure, um, there will be a, a bit of overlap in what typically is found in there and your product attributes. And so the the, the easiest way to think about setting up your product attributes so that you can create those either as facets within a category that you can then filter and drill down into and narrow down uh, what's visible in that category based on those product attributes. The, the easiest way to start thinking about what kind of product attributes you need to apply to a product to facilitate and drive that faceted or filtered navigation or layered navigation easiest way to think of that is to, if, if you dumped every one of your products, let's say you got a catalog with a thousand products, thousand SKUs, if you had to dump all of those products into one category that said all products, um, you know, what would you put, what, what kind of um, attributes would you have to apply to a product uh, so, that, so that in that filtered or faceted navigation area they could start narrowing down, start clicking, 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 and narrowing down from that all products category um, the kind of products that they wanted to, to find. So it, obviously HealthPost operates in the health space, so in the health space you might, you might have product attributes like uh, is a product gluten free? Yes or no? Is a product dairy free? Yes or no? Uh, you know, um, you know, is it is it a um, is it a vitamin product? Is it a mineral product? Um, is it a probiotic product? Um, so there's there's a whole you know, and then obviously um, uh, drilling down by brand is is a major one as well uh, for 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 most 
for most sites that carry multiple brands, a product brand is one of the key um, facets or attributes that they need to apply to a product. And then once again, um, going back to a previous episode, um, if you want to drive any site-based information off of an attribute, so let's say you wanted to um, t tell about the history of a, of a particular product or something like that, and you wanted to link that to an attribute, so that bit of content that you've created gets triggered against every single product that has that attribute assigned to it, start thinking about those types of things too. So, so um, you know, attribute triggered content or attribute linked content. Uh, so those are really the, the major areas. So just starting to think about the, the, the shopping experience as if you were talking to a salesperson, integrating that nice and cleanly into that traditional uh, supermarket uh, shopping type of experience, thinking about the type of information from your info pages perspective that, that your personas would, would need to have to be able to make that shopping decision confidently, um, and presenting all of the information around your business that, that really a customer might normally ring up and call and ask you. So your hours of operation, if you also have retail stores, a store locator, if you do have retail stores, all those types of things that are outside of your traditional catalog navigation. And then finally, the attributes that you need to apply to products to drive your um, faceted and layered navigation within categories. So those are the major areas. Hopefully that has been helpful to you and uh, love to hear your thoughts and your experiences about how you've built out your navigation structure and, uh, and, and how that's worked out for you and, uh, and, and maybe the kinds of additional thoughts that this video has spurred for you. Has it, has it sort of jogged your thinking around how you can possibly improve your site navigation for your customers?